Hello, I'm Graham Lynch for Comms Day Live. Welcome to the show. This week, we're going to be speaking with Fibre Connect CEO, Mark Rafferty, finding out what he's up to and what his company is planning in the next few months and over the next year. And we're also going to hear a quick excerpt of Optus CEO, Kelly Bayer-Rosborn, and what she's had to say about the latest in the data breach that affected them four weeks ago as of today. But first up, we're going to hear from Communications Minister Michelle Rowland. Now, she today, that is Friday, October 21, has given the annual Charles Todd Oration in Sydney. And, of course, it's the budget next week, and she's already announced that her election promise of $2.4 billion of funding for fibre upgrades to 1.5 million premises in the fibre-to-the-node footprint of the NBN. We'll, we'll, that will all go through. It's all been ratified. It will, will be spent over the next four years. Anyway, she, ju- she just gave her speech literally this lunchtime, and she had quite a bit to say about regional telecommunications. Let's hear from her. There is an extraordinary amount of innovation happening in regional telecommunications. In one of my first substantive acts as Minister, The Australian government signed off on $480 billion in funding to NBN Co to upgrade the fixed wireless network under the Better Connectivity Plan for Regional and Rural Australia. I want to take a moment to explain how the engineers at NBN Co and their delivery partners intend to use this investment. At present, the maximum range of a cell on NBN Co's fixed wireless network is approximately 14 kilometres using current spectrum. This distance is limited by the time it takes for a signal to perform a round trip between the wireless tower and an end user's modem. In addition to the time required to decode a particular segment of that signal known as the RACH sequence. MBN Co worked with their technology vendors as part of an extensive research, development and testing process to validate that shortening of the RACH sequence that would enable the signal to be recognisable on the network at greater distances. This enabled an increase in the coverage radius out to 29 kilometres. This breakthrough in conjunction with the reuse of its existing spectrum, augmented with high frequency spectrum and integration of new miniaturised lens antenna will enable MBN Co to significantly boost the capacity and coverage of existing towers. At present, NBN fixed wireless towers are divided into three 120-degree sectors with two or three wireless cells per sector. The NBN plan will result in a three- to five-fold increase in the typical number of wireless cells per sector. This is a unique global achievement and should enable NBN Co to reduce the number of users per wireless cell to no more than 10. Once upgraded, 750,000 households and businesses within the fixed wireless footprint will be able to benefit from access to increased download speeds of up to 100 megabits per second, with up to 85% able to access speeds of up to 250 megabits per second. The extended signal distance will also enable a further 120,000 currently satellite-only premises to access fixed wireless. This means students, families and businesses can access a significant jump in speeds and also access more data, a meaningful improvement in day-to-day quality of life and productivity. There is also significant innovation happening in the area of low Earth orbit satellites or LEOs. 
These rapid de developments are bringing choice and a step change in broadband capability to businesses and households in regional and rural Australia. LEO satellites are now being used to support text messaging on mobile devices. And this is one of the reasons why I've asked my department to commence work on the establishment of a low earth orbit working group to help inform government about how this emerging capability might play a role in future telecommunications policy. There is also an ongoing challenge with the legacy of copper broadband MBN lines, with parts of the regional network more than 60 years old. These lines are deteriorating and don't mix well with water, which unfortunately Australia has seen a lot of lately, and which will continue to be a challenge both in terms of cost and reliability of services for consumers. As the Prime Minister and I announced yesterday, the government is investing $2.4 billion through phased equity injections to NBN Co, which will be used to expand full fibre access to 1.5 million additional premises by late 2025. I'm also pleased to share that we expect this investment will benefit over 660,000 homes and businesses in regional Australia. Now that's what Australians voted for, and that is what we are committed to delivering. So that's Michelle Rowland speaking earlier today at the Charles Do Todd Oration in Sydney. And uh, she covered a lot of other things in her speech as well, including, as I say, the um, newly announced uh, $2.4 billion upgrade to the fibre to the node network. Moving on, um, the Optus data breach moves into its uh, fifth week, technically, starting as of today. Um, and of course, in the last couple of weeks, we haven't heard much from Optus at all about what's going on, but there was an exception made last Friday when Optus CEO Kelly Bayer-Rosmarin had um, uh, some news regarding passports. And that is basically, even if your passport was compromised, you can no longer use it um, for document verification. You can still use it as a travel document. So she organized, her team organized a number of interviews for her with um, various media outlets, including Sky News uh, business commentator Ross Greenwood. And he asked her um, what all of this meant for her tenure as CEO. Let's uh, have a listen to what he asked her and what she had to say. Okay. Have you offered your resignation to Singtel as a result of this hack or indeed Optus's reaction to it? I'm entirely focused on doing right by our customers. So I have stood up with my team to take accountability for getting to the bottom of how this could happen and for doing everything we possibly can do to prevent harm from coming to customers. Okay, so and have I'm you committed it? to doing that. Yeah, so offered it or not? Have you offered it or not even offered it? I'm working hard on behalf of customers to be the customer champion and prevent harm from coming from this incident. That is all that I'm focused on. Okay, moving on, we're joined by Mark Rafferty, um, who's uh, pretty well known to a lot of you, I suspect. He was, of course, the uh, head of wholesale at TPG and before that AAPT for, um, for many years. Not that many years, but, but many years. And he's now got a new company called Fibre Connect. So welcome to the show, Mark. How are you? Thank you very much, Graham. I'm very well. Now, we've written a couple of times about Fibre Connects in Comms Day, but for those listeners who've missed our reporting, tell us about the company and, and what it's all about. 
Yeah, look, Fiber Connects, um, I, I guess our, our mindset was it was essentially born out of necessity. Um, finished my uh, career, obviously working for a few, as I call, titans of the industry in the past. Learned a lot, but um, had the opportunity to sort of leave and have a really good look around uh, based upon what some of the customers were really requesting at the time before I left. Um, dark Fiber is becoming more and more relevant. And I think um, we had the luxury to sort of take some time and to see how other markets overseas were performing with dark fibre. Um, and But what was very evident was it was really hard for customers to get access to it. It was essentially almost impossible for wholesalers to get commitment that they can actually resell it. And so we actually saw some customers starting to move away from it. Um, but then the biggest users of dark fibre, we're requesting things that uh, retail networks were really struggling to actually sort of uphold the capacity requirements and the performance of it. Now, there are um, other dark fibre operators around yeah. in the market. So what makes you guys different? Look, I mean, I'll, I'll sort of step back. Um, oh, in, in this wholesale market, I've been in this game for about 20, 25 years. Um, there's been an essential core group of people that I've worked with over that time, uh, most notably the uh, the two brainiacs of the organisation in Michael Edwards and Art Cartwright, but uh, also our current chairman in David Jewell. Um, you know, the four of us had worked together back from Powertel. Um, Powertel came in, in the back of AAPT. We kept the wholesale mindset of Powertel alive into AAPT. AAPT, in our mind at, the, at that time, was really dedicated to wholesale and supporting wholesalers. Um, so I went to a group of people that I knew shared the same history and the mindset and some of the relationships that we had. And look, we, we sort of sat back and said, if we were to design a network from scratch, um, and myself, Art and Michael especially, how would it be designed today? You know, um, and the one key thing was that the data centres is at the core of everything. Um, the current architecture in the country wasn't designed around data centres. Data centres morphed into it. Um, so three things we focused on in Fibre Connects. Design, which equals performance. Two, providing pricing and capacity guarantees to customers is something, and we can sort of talk more through how dark fibre operationally, you know, what it used to take for people to get a quote for it. Um, but automation, yeah. Uh, starting a company from scratch, we didn't want legacy processes. We didn't want to be people orientated. We wanted to be live, yeah. So... Uh, Fiber Connects was born on the basis that designed for performance to control your performance, you must own your duct. Yeah, a duct had to be built specific to data centers. The core is the data center to data center connectivity. That's where all the volume is. Yeah, not from the building to building. It's between the data centers. Um, but in order for us to achieve the performance, we, we couldn't just pull our fiber and Telstra duct like everybody else. And it's not cheap. It's not easy. And it's taken us two, two and a half years to actually complete the first phase. But owning that duct means you can control your fibre, you can control your access, but it's full of our fibre only, okay? And it's basically designed for performance between the data centres. The second thing that we really focused on was the pricing and the capacity guarantees. We had customers, the way they get access to a dark fibre quote today is they'd go to the account manager. The account manager would go to engineering. Engineering would decide the routes. They'd go to a pricing team. It'd then go to an executive. But the problem was between day one and day 30, the price had changed. Yeah, there was no certainty. So people couldn't productize it. Um, so to take two pairs today versus 20 pairs tomorrow to give them that certainty. But automation is king in everything that you do. So we're, uh, 
we set out to we set out to um, achieve something that nothing or nobody that we'd sort of witnessed achieved before: automated live dark fiber provisioning. Yep. So um, that automation goes through all the way through to the customer experience, but we're wholesale only at the same time. Okay, so I think I understand the proposition there. Tell me about which geographies you're, you're intending yeah. to yeah, service. When uh, you can't do everything at once, I wish we could. Um, the first phase was definitively Sydney. Yeah, Sydney was and is by far the largest data centre market in the country. Um, but lo and behold, Melbourne has just popped up as a huge city. I mean, I think we've got 11 data centres currently under construction in Melbourne. Yeah, so that region has really uh, taken off from what we've always seen as a redundant location to a production environment in the data centres. So Sydney was completed in February this year. Uh, every major data centre fully diverse in our own duct. Pre-splice with so much dark fibre, it's not funny. The ducts are full of our fibre um, with no one else in there for that very reason. Um, but basically any data centre fully diverse, Sydney is complete. Um, then Melbourne, we're due... Uh, for completion of every data centre fully diverse in our own duct by June um, and the plans for Perth, Canberra and Adelaide are currently being um, prioritised as we speak. Sorry, I should I should uh, put Brisbane in that in that sentence as well. Okay. Um, it's, it's all very ambitious. Um, conversely, though, Fibre Connects is not the only kind of new operator targeting these markets. You know, we've got Nextop, you know, Web yeah. Central. You know, there's a, there's a bunch of them out there. So... Can the market um, handle all of you at the same time? Look, it's a good question. Um, we we were probably a bit early on our planning. Uh, we started this planning about three and a half years ago. Company got launched three years ago. Um, at that time, there was probably one or two others that had started, you know, probably connecting two or three data centres together. Um, and that was born, uh, having spoken to all of them, that was born out of the fact that they couldn't get approval to actually buy dark fiber for anybody else, um, sort of the retailer not supporting the wholesaler. Um, I, I'd suggest what our modeling predicts is that if dark fiber is everywhere in a guaranteed fashion and is easy to order, we think that the use of dark fiber will significantly change to what's in the market today. Um, we're trying to sort of work with partners to show them how to do that. If it's the same price every time, everywhere, and you can order it immediately with APIs, would you replace certain Ethernet products? Would you change the way you productize things? Would you offer different services over it? Um, with competition, um, as you clearly stated, I've been in this game for a long time. I've been through a couple of iterations back from DSL, mid-band Ethernet, Ethernet again. Um, I think you'll end up with probably two to three specialist providers in this arena. I think the market can support that, um, but coverage is king. If you're not everywhere in your own infrastructure in control of your own outcome, I think uh, the smaller players will start to fall away. Yeah, and an interesting point you made back there about um, the scale of Australia. I mean, we just reported um, this week on a global study by one of the big real estate firms, and Sydney is now the eighth most important data centre market mm. in the world, which, which just you know is a little mind blowing. You know mm. that, that we're so high, but apparently they're the numbers. So the thing is, um, there's a lot of data centres that people don't know about, and the size of them is significant um, for their own use. Um, but I mean, you know, I, I think it's been widely reported how many new data centres are being built in Sydney by 
what I call the retail operators and the people that we're aware of, but there's a lot of data centres being built that people aren't aware of. And the sheer scale of cloud and how it's being distributed in this region is something I've never seen before. Okay, now the reason you came in, Mark, is because you are one of our special guest star speakers at the Comms Day Wholesale Forum that's coming up soon. And for listeners who don't know about it, it's at the Fullerton Hotel in Sydney on November 8 and 9. If you want to register, www.commsday.com. And uh, Mark, I, I understand that you've got a top secret announcement that you're going to be making. And, and, and yeah, I, 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 I know I'm, I'm, I'm being a bit naughty here. I'm, I'm tempting you to reveal your secrets. But, but give us a bit of a flavour as to what we should be expecting. Oh, look, how do, how do I word this with, um, look, I'm, I'm hoping um, uh, that I, I get the opportunity to actually speak to everyone at the, I don't think I know of anybody not coming, which is really, really positive for the industry. Um, we thought it was opportune to actually probably take um, the audience that you have and probably more the topic of, you know, how do we support wholesale and what is the future of wholesale? And obviously we'll be specialising and focusing on fixed line. But um, look, if we, the management team, myself, Michael and Art especially, when, when we sit back and designing a brand new network and how it's going to perform and how we give people access to it, we've got to have a look at how we see the market, um, our opinion of the market and, and sort of how wholesalers have, have sort of been, I'm going to use the word restricted for probably at least the last five to seven years um, by the people they ultimately compete against. Um, so this network at Fibre Connects, you know, we're not just going to be a data centre to data centre operator. That is the core of every region that we build. Every fibre will come into that core. Now, what products we actually make available in the use of dark fibre into that core is what we're going to be excited to explain to most people about. Well, I, I'm looking forward to it, um, and uh, and we've got quite a lot of people coming to the event, as you say, but there's still some tickets left, so if, if you're keen to find out more about what Mark's going to be announcing, come to our website, get yourself a ticket, and we'll see you there. Now, Mark Ravity, I want to thank you very much for coming in and joining us today. For the opportunity. Good to see you. That's it for Comsday Live this week. We'll see you next time.